the Start Your Own Business podcast. Hear inspiring startup stories and get reliable expert advice on how to start your business and get off to the best possible start. Brought to you by Startup Donut, helping small businesses succeed. Hello, I'm Chloe Thomas, your host, and in this third series of the Start Your Own Business podcast, you can get free practical advice from experts and small business owners that can help you to set up a new business and get off to a great start, saving you time and money along the way. Welcome. In this episode, we are chatting with a super inspiring small business owner. Our guest has created a seriously impressive food-based business operating via multiple verticals, and he's going to be sharing about how they got started, how they went about bootstrapping the business. He's talking about how he works successfully with his brother and what they've done to build an excellent team. He's also going to be sharing a whole barrage of tips and advice in terms of how to grow your business, both in the first year and beyond. So lots of inspiration, lots of good advice coming up and a few laughs along the way. Before we meet our guests, though, though, do find out about the show's sponsors, Dell Technologies, and how their technology solutions could help your business to become more productive, efficient, secure and successful. This series of the Start Your Own Business podcast is brought to you by Startup Donut in association with Dell Technologies. Did you know you can get even more out of Startup Donut with new exclusive benefits from Dell Technologies? Dell has what you need to start, scale and succeed, including end-to-end tech solutions to boost productivity and maximize security so you can focus on innovation. The Startup Donut partnership with Dell means you get top products at special prices and a personalized consultation from a dedicated tech advisor who will get to know the goals of your business. Are you ready to get growing? Find out more by emailing our Dell Small Business Association's UK representative at sbauk at dell.com. That's sbauk at dell.com. Our guest today is Troy Johnson of Juicy Jerk, an award-winning Caribbean food brand, kitchen and meal kit maker based in Tooting, South London. Juicy Jerk also sells sources online, as well as delicious food from two locations in London, including Selfridges, while also providing private and corporate catering services too. Troy started the business in 2017 with his brother Jarrell, and although heavily influenced by their mother's traditional West Indian home-cooked delights, the Johnson brothers are bringing a fresh approach to Caribbean food, serving mouth-watering, authentic Jamaican flavours to which they've given their own unique modern twist. Hello, Troy. Hello, Chloe. Thank you for, for sparing some time. I'm guessing with all you've got going on, you must be a very busy man. So thank you <laughs> yeah. very much for sparing no the time to share your story with our audience. Let's get, get straight into this. What were you doing before you started Juicy Jerk back in 2017? Oh, 2017. Seems like a a lifetime ago now. So what it was, in 2017, I had just finished university and I was working in like a marketing job. So I, I studied marketing and politics at Kingston Uni. And from a young age, I've always loved everything, marketing, social media, 
Um, that that's the yeah, that's what kind of floats my boat. But when I was working this job, it was a bit different to what I thought. It was a bit of a not to yeah, it wasn't really the most engaging entry level job, I must say. So I actually ended up leaving after a few months and then to pay the bills, I actually just took up a job at Waitrose doing some delivery driving. That is when so I, my brother, so my brother was um working at Apple at the time. He was one of the tech guys in the Apple store on Regent Street. And yeah, he's got a really strong customer service background. But um yeah, prior to that we had no professional chef knowledge or anything. We haven't gone to any chef schools. We just had that passion for cooking. But um yeah, that was that was our background. Oh, so given that why why did a great marketer and a great <laughs> customer service guy decide in the tech space decide to start a Caribbean food business? Literally at the time it definitely wasn't a business. Well, we didn't consider it a business. We've, we we come from the Caribbean. Our family's from the Caribbean. Cooking is a massive thing in our culture. Every Sunday, our mum will cook a massive array of food. Friends, family join us, and that's just something in Caribbean culture that that's that's what kind of just holds us together. We've been involved in the kitchen from a young age. My mum's had us cooking various things. But where we are from in Tooting, Southwest London, there isn't a great market for Caribbean foods, especially food that can be delivered to you. Caribbean foods typically takeaway orientated, quite traditional. You have to go and queue up. So we kind of put two and two together and just thought, you know what, let's just start selling a bit of food to our friends and family. At that time, it was literally from the garden in mom's house. Uh, we had the jerk pan where we used to cook the meat. We actually used to deliver on a pushback. So it was like a little two-man operation. It was, yeah, it was really organic, but it was really innocent at that time. So something I have to ask you, Troy, is that you started a business with your brother. Now, I love my brothers, but I cannot imagine working with them all day on a business. So... <laughs> You know, what are the pros and cons of it, of being in that family business scenario? I'll definitely say we, we've come from a very strong family unit. So myself and my brother are really close and we always know. And I feel like it's really important to know that family is first before everything, We're, especially in a family business. Definitely learn each other's strengths and weaknesses. That has definitely helped us along the, along the way. <laughs> you can't expect someone to do something they're not entirely great at. But yeah, a, a pro is definitely that, that love you're always going to have that love for the business. You're always going to have that shared ownership. Obviously, a con is if you argue at home, then you're probably going to have to see each other in the office a, f a few hours later. <laughs> so that could be a bit awkward. But yeah, generally, it's been really good for us. Have you found you've needed to keep work talking work and personal life in personal life? Or has, um, it, has it been similar? Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. Sometimes I would definitely say we try to separate it, especially like if we're going out, we try to dedicate time for family and personal time but sometimes it just crosses over we just because we love the business it, it is us we just end up talking about it as a passion yeah it's, it's definitely good to have some time where you're literally just enjoying not thinking about business just getting that family time in and clearly you know given the success you've achieved you picked the right person to start your business with in Jarrell <laughs> yeah definitely but how did you go about funding it you know you you're using your mum's jerk pan yeah. you're biking stuff around the place to friends and family what was what was the point at which you went right this this has got potential how are we going to pay for it yeah definitely so that's so, so we actually invested 500 pounds each initially that was our initial um, investment into the business which obviously isn't a lot but from early stages we was really 
disciplined in how we manage the money. So we didn't spend anything when we started getting money coming in. Everything got reinvested into the business. And that was up until year four, to be fair. We was always reinvesting in the business. Wasn't taking a great wage. <laughs> Still not taking the greatest wage. But um, yeah, I would definitely say just having literally clear paths of where you should spend your money. And we don't come from a finance background. So I feel like a lot of people are scared the fact that they don't have that accounting experience. So, But I feel like now the, the age we're living in, we have things like Zero, which is accounting apps. There's YouTube videos, there's all sorts. So definitely just being disciplined with the money. So for the first four years, very much a bootstrapping scenario. You each yeah. put in the £500, you spent yeah. it very carefully and reinvested as much as you could, sacrificing your own earnings in the process. 100%. Such a familiar startup story. <laughs> Have you, you know, now you're four years in, have you reached the point where you've gone out for funding or are you determined to, to keep that bootstrap mentality? So, yeah, it's a good question. So we're actually, so we've just gone past our fifth year anniversary and now we're at a time where we are going to be raising investment just because we've kind of hit a, a ceiling of where we need to grow without investment. It's really important about getting the right investment. So I really, really, me and my, my brother have those conversations where, finding the right investment now is the most important thing for our growth. So let's go right the way back to that beginning part again. The name, how did you come up with the name of the business and then build the branding around it? Mm. So branding is definitely a really big thing for us. And I feel like that has cemented a lot of our growth along the time. We've always focused on branding and back to the name, Juicy Jerk. It was definitely snappy, the alliteration. I think it's alliteration when you... Is it? Yeah, you, it is. It is. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just something fun because I feel like that's what Caribbean food is. It's full of flavors. It's full of, it's just fun. But I feel like a lot of the time that doesn't get portrayed enough. So I feel like we just wanted something really snappy, really fun. And that's what we build our branding around. So we have colors that are not typical with the Caribbean, like pink. But I feel like things like that just adds the, the new element that we're trying to portray to our audience and our customers. And you started on the bicycles with the, the home delivery service. Yeah. Since then, you've now expanded to selling online, to catering events and private events. You're selling via two locations, Selfridges and Soho House. How did you decide which of those opportunities to pursue at which time? Because they're very different business models in some mm, ways. Yeah. And from the early stages, we've definitely told ourselves that we wanted to have a business model which can be quite versatile. The food industry in itself is a very, very competitive market. So us having different, um, we call them verticals, where we have different offerings, it's, it's, it's really good because it keeps the brand really fresh and it also allows us to target different target markets, audiences, sorry. So we started in online deliveries from our from our mum's house and then we moved to a dark kitchen uh, it's like a commercial kitchen that I'm not customer facing. Mm -hmm. Luckily, we had this kitchen when COVID hit because, as you know, COVID spun all of our lives upside down. But one thing that was really popular was online deliveries. And where we had that model built a few years beforehand, we was in a really strong position to survive probably one of the hardest times a business could ever survive. And then when we launched the meal kits, that was just an an alternative because our event catering plummeted overnight. So that was just a response to the market. But then again, that provided such a 
amazing propel for the business because we were delivering to customers in Scotland, Cardiff, all over the country. And that was just amazing to see that people so far and wide were eating our food from a little kitchen in Southwest London. And I love the way you've kind of that, that philosophy of taking those different verticals to give the business more strength in, mm. in so many different ways. Within the, kind of like the, the first year, we go back to that. What were the biggest challenges you faced in year one? What, what were the things which you'd do differently if you could go back? Ooh. If you can remember year one, because I know, you know, <laughs> time go, moves, moves so fast I, in I business, it can be hard. Yeah. <laughs> At the time, it was working part-time. So we didn't start off full-time with the business. And I think that's quite important as well, knowing when to take that plunge where you have to give up your job because you're seeing that growth in the business. So we was both working part-time. So I feel like juggling, working your part-time job and managing the business is definitely a struggle that many people would have, especially us. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that probably is one of the biggest ones, I would say. And do you remember that very first sale? I remember the first time, yeah, we had, so we was operating from Snapchat, which is like a social media platform. Wow. <laughs> we were literally sending through menus via Snapchat, via Instagram. And then I remember someone responded, yeah, what time can I collect? And it was like, wow, okay. <laughs> Our first five pound, let's go. Like, and then it, from then it's just been history. Yeah, I think many many people have that kind of big moment the first time a sale comes in from someone exactly. you don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Wow. Again, in that in that kind of first year, you mentioned earlier about how you've learned to work well with with family within mm. the business, and a lot of that was around understanding your own strengths and your own weaknesses. So, do you think the learning about yourself has been as important as learning how business operates? Yes, a hundred percent. And I feel like it's you're you're constantly having to learn about yourself and where you thrive and where you don't and we're at a stage now where we're luckily enough to have employees where we can get people in to help us where areas that we lack. But especially in the early days, I would definitely say, for example, we found a graphic designer who was our friend. She's still our graphic designer today, but then she was not charging us the same, but she was amazing. She's done amazing things for the business. So it's definitely tapping into who you know, which I think is overlooked quite a lot. Even till this day, you'll be surprised that a lot of projects and events that we get are, are word of mouth from friends and family. Yeah, it, it's that word of mouth piece continues mm. throughout and it's, yeah. it's down to how well you do everything, essentially, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So do you find you get a lot of benefit between your vertical channels? Do they support each other? Yes and no. So especially with the like events is a completely different ball game to the milk kits, for example. But where we're at now is we've centralized everything to a, a central kitchen where all the food production is done in one place. And then we satellite it to various places like Selfridges or if we're doing a Goldman Sachs pop-up or everything in terms of milk kits get packed at that tooting site to be shipped across. So Definitely the fact that we've got one central place is really beneficial for us. I imagine it makes things an awful lot more efficient. Efficient, exactly. And cheaper because you can buy in bulk, things like that. And we mentioned kind of briefly that you're now on sale in Selfridges and Soho House, possibly the two most prestigious names you could manage to get in <laughs> London for what you're doing. So 
How did those come about? Was that part of word of mouth? Yeah, it's, it's actually funny because one of our employees, Kai, he was on the train home one time and not to ramble on, but he met his old school teacher who had moved to Soho House. Kai was telling this lady about Juicy Jerk and then that's how the link came about, literally. we done a pop-up with them, which turned into like a four-week pop-up and now it's a permanent residency. So that kind of boils back down to, yeah, like Kai is a, he's a part of our family. He's, he's not a part of our family, but he's our staff member who believes in the business and him just talking about his love for working here got us that contract with Soho House. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it, it's yeah. That's actually one of probably one of the best stories from coming out of the business, definitely. But but it sounds like luck, but it really isn't. It means hiring mm. the right people, exactly. bringing them on board into the family of the business. Yeah. yeah. And and did that come at the right time for you or at the wrong time for you? Because you know that word, the right time. It's it's, it's like when is the right time? Because sometimes you're probably complaining if you've got enough business, and then you're complaining if you haven't got enough business. So. The right time. Personally, I feel like it's never the right time, if I'm going to be honest. I don't know how you're going to take that, but... <laughs> no, it is, isn't it? It's, I, was, I was wondering, you know, it's often often in a business, we're like, oh, we're not quite ready for that. We won't be mm-hmm. doing it yet. We're not quite mm-hmm. ready. And then sometimes mm-hmm. these amazing things land on your desk and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. So I wondered if it was one of those for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's like with the Selfridges gig. So that Selfridges gig was only supposed to be four weeks pop-up. But when I say it went absolutely insane, we had queues to Oxford Circus and we wasn't ready for that at all. We was not ready for that. We only had about four of us working at the time. And to put things into perspective now, Selfridges is about a 16 man operation. So it's like, you can't always be ready for the growth you're gonna experience, but you can in a way of just pursuing and just having faith and belief of what you do. Yeah, it's, You've just you've just got to kind of ride these experiences out, haven't you, and do the best 100%. you can. Hundred percent. Here's a big question. Then, are you glad you started your own business? Looking back at everything that's happened, are you still glad you took that decision? Yes, hundred percent. And w- w- sometimes I feel I have a laugh with my mum because I remember when we first started, and obviously I've just come from university. My mum's she's got the picture in the in the living room with me and my university hat, so she's just thinking go get yourself a great graduate job. And she's <laughs> always say to me, when are you going to get a real job, Joy? <laughs> but now I guess it's like we're in a position where we're giving people opportunities. Um, we're giving back to the local community. So I think, yeah, I think she's proud now. So I think that's, we've done, we've done all right. We've done all right. I, you've definitely done all right. And <laughs> what's next for you? Oh, what is next for us? World domination. No, I'm joking. Um, we're definitely going to focus on getting more of our products out. We're building our management team now, which I've, we've realised is, is a very big task in itself. So, yeah, we've got operations director on board now. So we're at a stage where we really want to focus on streamlining, streamlining everything, getting that investment and then taking Juicy Jerk to new heights that everyone hasn't seen yet. Well, we wish you all the best with that. But before we let you go, I have to just ask, given your massive experience in the topsy-turvy world of business, <laughs> what would your key advice be right now? Uh, we'll take one, two or three tips, your call on this, for anyone mm. who's thinking of starting their own business. For those listening going, got an idea, not sure if I should do it or not, what advice would you give them? 
The first one is probably one that everyone hears, quite cliche, don't give up, but it literally is don't give up because there's days, even till now, five years in, we're thinking, let's just give up because it's hard, but it's going to happen. Bad days are going to happen always. You just have to learn from them. Mr. Uh, my brother is a big advocate of making mistakes because if you don't make mistakes, then you're not going to grow at all. I definitely would say get some rest. I know with business owners, startups, we are so regimented into working 20 hours a day, juggling this, juggling that. But trust me, rest is key to get that time in, to spend time with your loved ones or whatever it is that, that floats your boat. But definitely get some rest in. And finally, network. Networking has definitely propelled our business and I would definitely say myself and my brother were quite reserved people. So in the early stages, you're never taught how to network. You just, it's just quite a daunting word to be fair, but I feel like once you break it down and you actually just have a conversation, everyone's human. I've realized that along the way, especially talking with when we're in these corporate markets at first, it was like, Oh, we're talking to the CEO of this company, but he's just a human. He's just another guy. So yeah, just, just talk to people. Yeah, we're all hungry at the end of the day. That too, that too. Everyone's hungry. Everyone's going to eat. That's a a brilliant set of advice there, Troy. Thank you. Now, before we say goodbye, I'm sure everyone is salivating at the idea of checking out GC Jerk. So can you please let the listeners know how they can find you and your business, please? Just just pop over to the website, www.juicyjerk, juicy.com. Go over to our Instagram, juicyjerk. Um, yeah, and just literally see what we're about. Come visit us at Selfridges or Soho House. And then, yeah, if you want some event catering, give us a shout. Brilliant. Thank you so much for spending the time with us today, Troy. It's been no awesome chatting with you. So thanks for coming on the show. What an inspiring founder. What an inspiring story. An absolute pleasure to chat with Troy there. And he gave you so many ideas and tips and um, slices of advice on starting and growing your business there. I think for me, the really key things were that approach to bootstrapping that they took. They went, I would say they went all in on the bootstrapping approach. They put in 500 quid each and then they really got to grips with where and how they should spend that money so they could organically grow the business. If growing organically is your bag, then you have to get good at those skills. I'm not saying it's the only way to do it, but you have to get good at those skills if you want to do the organic growth side of things. The team, I mean, it's a bit of a subtle one going through there, but the right people on the team and empowering them to do great stuff for them is clearly something which Troy and Jarrell have been working at. When he was talking about how he works with his brother, it was clear there that using the, getting the best out of people was something they're doing with each other. And then the fact that Kai felt he could make that, those connections and understood the brand well enough to sell it into a business like Soho House, super impressive. And, now, you know, as he said, now to, to get themselves to the next stage, they're working on their management team. So, and, you know, and then, then leveraging the skills of friends like their graphic designer too, find the right people and give them the power, the ability to do what you need them to do. I think that, that was kind of like a subtle one running through the piece there. And then embrace the opportunities as they come. It's any businesses, you know, small business is a bit of a roller coaster. In those startup time periods, sometimes you have to really go for it and go, well, I'm not sure we're ready for this, but let's, let's make the most of it. Let's see what we can do. 
Like I said, loads of great tips in there from Troy, really inspiring guest. We covered a lot of ground in this episode. So to help you, you can find the summary notes for this episode and links to more free resources by visiting startupdonut.co.uk forward slash podcast. And that's with donut spelt D-O-N-U-T. This series exists to help you to complete key tasks and negotiate challenges when setting up and growing your new business. So next up, we're going to be covering how to get the right tech for your new business. It is so easy to spend a lot of money on hardware and software that you just don't need. Plus, with the right hardware and software, the right tech, you can save so much time, energy and money. So make sure you listen in for that episode. And if you're enjoying the series, picking up valuable tips, please spread the word to others you know who are setting up a business or thinking about it. You can also sign up to the Donut Weekly Newsletter at startupdonut.co.uk forward slash newsletter for even more free startup news, advice and special offers to help you save time and money. Thanks to Dell Technologies for making this whole series possible. And don't forget to email them for your free consultation. Details coming up in a moment. Did you know you can get even more out of Startup Donuts with new exclusive benefits from Dell Technologies? Dell has what you need to start, scale and succeed, including end-to-end tech solutions to boost productivity and maximize security so you can focus on innovation. Our partnership with Dell means you get top products at special prices and a personalized consultation from a dedicated tech advisor who will get to know the goals of your business. Are you ready to get growing? Find out more by emailing our Dell Small Business Association's UK representative at sbauk at dell.com. That's sbauk at dell.com. <laughs> 